hi everybody before we begin the show i just want to let you know that i will be at twin cities con this november 1st 2nd and 3rd it's at the minneapolis convention center this is the third year of it it is a wonderful show please come see me i will be at a table selling my artworks comics as well as promoting the show I'll put the link down below. You get a special deal if you order your tickets early for Twin Cities Con this November. I hope to see you there. All right, we have Ryan, and he knows it's dedication time. Ryan, what would you like to dedicate this episode to? Yeah, you know, typically I dedicate it to a grandmother, grandparent that um, was really influential in my life, but... I'm really inspired right now with the union members Wonderful. that are striking. Yes. Um, WGA, yeah, SAG. And so that's who I want to give a shout out to. And it's going to be a long, long one. It feels like it. Yeah. yeah. People thought maybe not initially, <laughs> and they, they learned real quick. Yeah. Um, this there is a big are fight. a website to support writers to get. Mm-hmm. M- Financial support and aid. Yeah. Let's put that link down below that you can maybe, if you're interested, contributing. That Fantastic. That's a great idea. So they can pay their rents and everything. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So wonderful. Let's dedicate it to the writers and the actors striking. Sounds good. Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. Paul Filmcast with your host, Nick Palotichuk. Each episode, Nick interviews filmmakers and other artists from the Twin Cities area. I'm Carly Palillo and thanks for listening. And thanks for finding us. Please give us a review and feel free to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And now, lights, camera, action. Okay, welcome back to the show. And today we have Ryan Maddox. Ryan, how you nice doing? Nice to be with you. Great. Yeah. This Appreciate is going to be good. It. This is be good because we've never. I've seen you at parties, mm-hmm. but if, this is the first time we're actually having a conversation. Yeah, formal sort of sit down. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so great. It's funny because people like when you do movie parties that you kind of interact with everything it's not really true we kind of see each other we know you're doing movies somewhere else but we don't really have a lot of contact with a lot of people that make films not to mention when you're on a film set it's not a social time either right even if you're that's a big mistake you can make too if you think oh this is time to sort of (laughs) mill around and chat with people and everybody's wondering where did he where did he go off to and you know that was a mistake um (laughs) Marty Scorsese was mm. Jack Nicholson when he did Departed. Uh-huh. They would take hours of just talking movies, yeah. and nobody had the courage to say break in, yeah, <laughs> and say, "Hey, you know, we got work to do here." You're right. You know, I think it's a special skill to just be able to engage with people. Anyway, this is a relationship business, exactly, and yeah. so you know, when you hit it off with somebody, of course, yeah, you wanna you wanna get to know them and spend some time there. Um, on the flip side, sometimes it's a little bit awkward. It's a little bit challenging just meeting people for the first time. And so I think that's a a skill to develop just to be able to reach out and and get to know folks. That's such a big part of it. You guys do auditions and sometimes remote and it's like, you feel like a complete stranger. Yeah. And it's kind of the nature of the business because you can't meet everybody. But it's nice to have some kind of inkling of a person that you're auditioning for. You know, I'm surprised how much of the work is, feels sometimes a little isolating, especially now the business of, of acting and and filmmaking and things too. So much of it you're you're creating on your own away from other people, it feels like. And so when you come together, um, it's really intentional. You have to be very intentional about it. And I think you've got to balance that, uh, especially in the last few years for me, uh, you're spending a lot more time at home, spending a lot more time creating self tapes and editing voiceover work. All of that is a solo sort of gig right spending yeah, a lot of time you doing your own lighting and <laughs> right. filming and everything and until you give it away um so those sort of mixers and opportunities to meet other people they're critical yeah uh critical they always have been obviously but even more so right now it feels like yeah um i don't know after covid do you think there's more remote auditioning than in person i mean obviously we're still doing kind of in person yeah i think it's unique uh maybe it was unique to the midwest or to minneapolis in general or the the twin cities or smaller markets where perhaps you weren't doing in as, as many self-tapes prior to yeah covid but they were everywhere else so on top of covid and and 
industry coming back and seeing more auditions coming through, you're also learning how critical it is to have really good skill in self-tape and yeah, editing and having a studio set up at home because you're not necessarily going in as frequently uh, as you would. In person. And especially not for um, an initial audition. For a callback, you might be going in now more frequently, but definitely, um, and especially if you're using web platforms where yeah. you're, you know, like a LinkedIn or an Indeed for actors, something like an Actors Access or Backstage or Casting Network, Casting Frontier, you're submitting online and you're submitting self-tapes online. You yeah. may not ever engage with the individual that's casting you on the other side, which is, boy, that's kind of, <laughs> that's a that's a special skill to learn in and of itself. I also think there's another benefit for self-taping mm -hmm. that seems from me being a director yeah. that you I can kind of hold on to those tapes and I can see a wonderful performance that's not what something we would like for another film. Great But point. we can go back for another, maybe all. You know that, let's go look at that other edition for our next project. Yeah. And it's nice to hold those, maintain those footages for something maybe along the line. Because mm -hmm. um, sometimes a no may mean a yes, a future long. Yeah. Or something like you never seen before. Like, I like this audition. We don't have something. Let's find something for that person to be in. That's right. I think yeah. that's that's such an important point that you bring up too because so often you put a lot of energy and effort into creating the self-tapes yeah. and preparing for the characters and you may or may not ever hear from the individuals again that you submitted to um, and you don't know why necessarily and you, you right. can't ask why every time. Um, and so it's a great surprise, you know, months later when they come back and go, oh, hey, it wasn't a fit this time, but I've got a perfect role for you. And yeah. you, you sort of like, oh, that happens? What? <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah. there was something that stood out, you know, about you in that audition. Yeah. Choices that you made, um, characterization, whatever it was, that left an impression. Yeah. And I think that's what it's about, really. How do you leave an impression, it's, whatever it is, the read that you're you're giving? It's, yes, to go on your, it's very much another skill. Mm. It's a two-step skill, auditioning, <laughs> where to audition, how to yeah. auditions, and the nature of understanding what you're auditioning for. Yeah. You're auditioning for a job. Yeah. Right? It's almost like that. And you're just showing, this is what I can do. You're mm -hmm. not trying to hide what you can do. This is what I can do to bring it forward from right. this position. And it's sometimes maybe it's just not the right nature of it, but right, it could be a benefit down the line or something mm -hmm. else. Um, it's a hard practice. I think, do you, do you continue to practice by yourself auditions? I should do that more. Okay. Um, I think about doing that more. Right, that's uh, the right answer for it, all actors. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is absolutely the right answer. When you've got some some time and you're, uh, you know, you've you've got a new script you've looked at or a new monologue or you're, you're thinking about a favorite director that you'd like to work with or a casting director you know, what are you trying on? What are you, yeah. what are you working on in between those times? That's as beneficial as, oh, I've got an audition that's coming through because you're, you're staying in the moment. You're sort of right. present yeah. for it as opposed to this stop start. Well, <laughs> I haven't had, you know, I haven't had an audition come through for a few days. And so, well, gosh, I've been playing solitaire or, you know, I've gone for a walk, but what did I really produce? Uh, for me personally, that's really important. Um, not to get in my head or beat myself up about it, but it, it just manufactures that muscle. That yeah, you. that's that's exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly the way to, to look at it. Like anything, it takes practice um, and effort and time and you want to stay present. You want to yeah. be in the moment. And those are the times where you can play because you're creating something on your own. Uh, whatever whatever character development you're doing, or maybe you just picked up a, a sonnet or a monologue or you know a monologue from a film that you saw recently and you're trying it out yeah and and, and recording it and seeing what comes up. That's I, good good time to play. I heard um, I was reading an interview with Judy Dench and she would oh, every day she's amazing every day she would memorize a poem yeah just so she can get that muscle memorization of lines but every day she's committed a couple hours a day to memorize just one poem. Yeah, so I'm gonna one. I'm gonna keep that in my back pocket because that's a great example. Um, you've got to prioritize that. Yeah. Something not to take us off on a side note, but something oh, that's been it, yeah. really unique for me is yeah. this is a transition back into working in 
acting and and filmmaking and things full time because I had been working in the corporate environment for so long. That's right. Um, we were talking about that before we started. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's interesting. It hasn't dawned on me until recently so much of my life things have been delegated to me in terms of routine and tasks. You think about when you're in school. You think about jobs. Somebody's always telling you what to do and where to be and and how to do it. And all of a sudden when you're not in that environment anymore, how do you create that routine on your own? How do you show that discipline Right. Um, And and sort of create that. And that's a great example. She knew your Judy Dench example. She knew, hey, I've got this muscle memory. I've got to use this mind, practice this memorization. But she's incorporating it every day. So, you know, she's carving out a little bit of time every day to learn that and record it. And and that just sort of keeps it alive and that energy going. But it's very um, thoughtful isn't the word I'm looking for. Proactive. It's very, very much, yes. insightful it keeps, it keeps, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, it shows strong commitment to what you want to do. Yeah. Because I understand, especially for actors, there's long droughts. Yeah. <laughs> where he's like, do I really want to do this? Uh-huh. And that's where it's your constant. passion keeps you going. Yeah. Like, yes, I want to continue to yeah. do this. Yeah. Yeah, because you could ask yourself every day, gosh, this is really frustrating. It's really hard. <laughs> I'm putting a lot of time and effort into this, and I'm not necessarily seeing the... Well, benefit isn't the right word, but right. if you if you are auditioning solely for work, for example, and you're not getting the work, it's very easy to get down on yourself about that. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. And so, how do you recreate or modify that story a little bit? Because all of that self talk yes. doesn't necessarily produce the results I think that, that you. That I think you it's want. been studied that creative people. There's always a negative intonation about your creativity. You're like one every minute mm-hmm. you tell yourself yeah. something. Yeah, is this like, enough? Why? Right. Am I really interested? Am I really invested? Yeah. And I always understand, like, I make comic books. Yeah. And it takes, I would say, about 10 to 12 hours to do a page that somebody's oh. going to look at for three seconds. Yeah. And I always tell myself, input will never equal output. That you're going to have to do millions and millions of hours of something for yep. something that is maybe two minutes of somebody else enjoying. Yeah. And you've been on set before. There's something that will take eight hours to oh. set up and it's five seconds in a yep. movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then you may or may not even see it. Right. Maybe it doesn't even make the, the film or if it does, you really felt like, wow, that was a scene you were really present for and engaged and really gave everything and maybe just the angle was a little yeah. off or it didn't you know it didn't fit the storyline or whatever and, and you don't you don't even see it and you'll never know why so whatever yeah. you're doing just give it away <laughs> just give it away just do it <laughs> you know don't judge it because you you know it may come back it may not yeah. but uh, you know you're present in the moment and and do what you can that's that's a really good example yeah the output would never oh, that the input would never equal the yeah. input it yeah. never will so yeah people, you have to put your body and soul into it and people are like, well, that's okay. You have to understand yeah. that. I also tell people who come to my table who want to be creative that are a little bit shy of doing it. Yeah. And it's hard because you're putting yourself out there. Everything you create is an autobiography, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. Yeah. The stories are right or fictional, but it's kind of telling me where I'm coming from. And I always say, you're going to have people who love this, who absolutely will adore it. They're fans to a point that's going to be nauseating. Mm-hmm. And then you have people who will actually upset mm-hmm. and hate it yep. like it's garbage. Yep. And they'll go passionately yep. and say, this is the stupidest thing you ever saw in my life. And then what is it about your life experience about who you listen to? Are you listening to the people that are negative and it sort of brings you down? Or listening to the folks that are positive and yeah, and, it's usually and, the negative is something that why? I don't translate to what I was focusing. Yeah. On. Right. This story is stupid. Well, I understand sometimes it is supposed to be stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite film directors is Gaspar Noir. His films are intentionally disgusted. You are supposed to be disgusted mm-hmm. by them. Mm-hmm. And especially the horror that's translated. There's yeah. a very, it's hard to digest those films. And he understands it. That's the area he's working with. Mm-hmm. So when people say, I love your films, he's like, really? Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And that's his he, That's his reaction he wants. As creative huh. people, we want a reaction, right? Yeah. I mean, John Waters wants you to be repulsed. Yeah. Including yeah. himself, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Sitting it's back going, hmm? Yeah. Right. I always critique when I, because I'm also a film critic, I also critique things 
is it memorable or unforgettable? Mm-hmm. If it's not, what did you do wrong? Yeah. If it's something like, did I watch that movie? You didn't get me. Yeah. But if it's something like, I will never forget I saw that movie, or is a memorable feeling, or something like, it's so unforgettable, Yeah. I will never forget I saw that movie, then well, you did a good job of it. And then I wonder, too, on the way over here, I was thinking of that exact thing. What is it that makes film memorable to us? Um, cinematography, the story, the yeah. actors, the you know, the characters. And what is it about that time? Because I remember specific years in my life where there were some films that left an imprint that I, I'll never, I'll never get a, away from, you know, right, yeah. good or bad or whatever it was. But it's like, I can visually see that when I was a kid years I saw it, yeah. later and it's yeah. still, it's still, still and then other years, not, not ne- nothing necessarily so i i wonder is it like is it me that w- wasn't receiving <laughs> yeah. um the films that i was seeing differently or was it the filmmaking or the style of film it's isn't that yeah. fascinating too i mean I'd always go back to that is yeah it, is it something memorable yeah or unforgettable right and i always say great films are absolutely both mm. there's things in winter wizard of oz that are so unforgettable moments you mean yeah yeah like the, the as opposed monkeys. to the entire so the, sure there is something very unforgettable yeah but there's things about it that are very memorable i will always remember i've seen that movie yeah but like the movie crashed i went back to picture i'll go back and like did i see this movie <laughs> okay yeah. yeah so i would say good movies are either one or the other great mm-hmm. movies are them both. Both. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't. When I was a kid, I saw Star Wars. Nobody needed to hold up a cue card when Darth Vader came with this yeah. fog machine going yeah. and came out with the music. Nobody needed a cue card. Yeah. Said, That's the bad guy. Yeah. I just knew. You kind of knew, right? Just from visual aid, <laughs> he's a bad guy. <laughs> and there's some people that like visual- that was really cool, uh-huh. and some people like he is really scary. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. It's that yeah. punch that we're looking for, right? All yeah, I remember. I gosh, I remember all of those films too. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And when film was first, you know, moving from silent film to motion, you generationally, I I was, you know, just briefly talked about my grandmother and things too, but I think about my grandparents and the sort of movies that were created when they were coming up. Right. And the, the act of going to a film and how that's changed, you know, especially if you were in a smaller town. Well, it didn't matter if you were going to the big city to see a film or, you know, you had your one little movie house, your little film house in in your small little town. But it was like everybody got dressed up and it was a big event or it was something you remembered going to after school or during the summer. What now, you know, you just kick back on the couch and um, I always remember the movies. (laughs) Well, going back, they don't. I always remember the movies I went to see in the theater. I, I, that's kind Every of where one I was of going. Because I will go, if something pops up from like the 80s, I remember going to the theater to see Absolutely. That movie. And I think that takes I remember who I bit. was sitting with. I remember yeah. what was going on. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I think it's the event of investment. Mm-hmm. We talked about that with my uh, previous guest, Andrew Hunt. He's a director. Yeah. Oh, about Andrew, investment. For sure. Yep. You go to the store, you pick this movie, no mm-hmm. matter how awful it is you're going to watch it to the very mm-hmm. end because mm-hmm. you made a monetary investment yeah you don't get that with streaming you get maybe a couple seconds you're like ah and i'm on to yeah. the next thing Not and you know is that is that sustainable what does that look like so yeah now it's in my living room and i sit on the couch and i you know my focus <laughs> I, I you know i barely can focus on anything right uh everything is sound bites now so you're right in the first 10 seconds i've made a decision about I, it's yeah. kind of the same thing as self tapes as an actor, you know. First you better second. hit them. You better yeah. hit them in the first couple seconds because that's a, that's all all yeah. you get, really. Uh, but it's fascinating too. I don't know if that's the advent of social media or just the the nature of things now, holding holding your attention. Where you know where has that where has that all gone? Well, it's, I think for me, um, born in the seventies, raised in the eighties, yeah. kind of like yourself. Yeah, it's that bombardment of the senses. Yeah. That you go too see. much, yeah. You, yeah, especially for comic book movies. You get bombarded mm. with visual, sound, everything. It's a yeah. bombardment of the senses where you went to see quiet movies. Yeah, you stripped all that up. And then, right. Or maybe it was more about the story Yeah. somehow. I think yeah. about it from a theater perspective as well, from having done so much theater. Uh, you know, you used to sit two and a half hours, three hours sometimes. You had a 15-minute intermission. A lot of the shows now, a lot of the plays that are being written, One they're hour. scaled back. Yeah. One hour. Yeah. 
And you might not have an intermission. It might be 90 and you're just powering through. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it's hard and to it's write like, for a 90 minute how, play. Absolutely. How yeah. do you develop? How do you develop? I, I mean, you sort of get there in a short film. You have you have moments, you know, you have a taste of something in a short film. Well, yeah. And I'm, then what do you develop yeah, especially at a, a feature length? Especially yeah. if your stories will world building. Yeah. If a sci-fi, you yeah. need so much exposition. Yep. To explain it, and you don't want it. You want to see it to feel natural, mm-hmm. you know. But you you have to say characters' lines and the world and everything. Yeah. And it's hard to not be saturated with exposition. But in sci-fi, you kind of put that in there. Mm-hmm. Unless you put a Star Wars and Blade Runner, you put a title card in title there. Title like, card. Yeah, something right. like this is what's going Give on. Give you the backstory. <laughs> yeah. Give you the backstory up front. Yeah, because how are you engaging? How are you engaging the audience then? I mean, are they confused? Are they? Are they spending all of their time wondering, you know, gosh, I'm just really not following what's happening. Or, or you know, do they get it? Well, yeah, it's, it's hard. For, movies can take a while. Mm-hmm. There's time in yeah. movies, yeah. which we don't have in comic books. Yeah. You can hold a scene of somebody slowly dying with the music and the swelling and everything and the tears mm-hmm. and everything. In comic books, you can't have that. It's got to be a slash and burn. Pace, yeah. It's got to be cut because you're not going to hold that for very long mm-hmm. maybe one or two panels and mm-hmm. you got to move on mm-hmm. and that's the nature of comic books is heavy on the action yeah even when there is done the angles something has to constantly be dynamic right where in movies you don't have to be constantly dynamic you can have something that calms it down mm-hmm. slows it down a little bit and when you translate from comic book to movies a lot of people especially the executives are sitting there I want that exactly. Just bombardment of the senses, mm-hmm. but they don't understand. You can just hold Over. it for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And so, right. And I think a lot of people are just picking up graphic novels, mm-hmm. and looking at them, and saying, mm-hmm. "That's what we need." Yeah. Rather than what's the nature of the media that you need. Yeah. Huh. Um, Sam Fuller was great. He's one of my favorite directors, um, and he did in the fifties and sixties, and he. He did it, but he also took time to understand characters. The beginning of The Naked Kiss is a prostitute taking a wig and beating mm-hmm. it as a point of view camera. Something happened. We don't Something know. Something happened, right. But she's beating him, punching Why? the camera yep. and the action, but he takes time to realize what she's coming from mm-hmm. and realize maybe she's making goes back in her car and checks out her life choices. Yeah. And that gives you action, right? Yeah. But you slow it down a little bit. I think Spielberg was right about that. Yeah. Like Raiders of the Lost Ark is not explaining the story, but you know he can do wonderful acts. Mm -hmm. You get your action, then you slow it down and tell your story. Yeah. And I think about sometimes from a character development standpoint as well. What if you don't have all of the information? What if you have to make it up on your own? Right. Yeah. Uh, are you using your own life experience? Are you using experience from people that you've met? What are you, you know, that's the great are thing you about employing that. your imagination? Does it need to be more technical? Do you, you know, are mm-hmm. writing out this entire um, character breakdown for this person? What happened in this moment? You know? Yeah. And is that, is that accurate? I mean, I also then on, on the other side, I'm like, is that true to the, writer's intention <laughs> there's so many there's so many people playing in the sandbox with these uh, yeah you know with theater and film and things too it's not all in the writing you have yeah, to flush it out right little, right you know. and is my vision the same as the other and if it isn't do we compromise or uh to one of your examples when we were chatting before how is the individual coming to that story um do i get to bring my world view and my experience and yeah. and develop this character or am i taking am i being delegated information from the director and he he or she wants something very specific and so i have to be flexible and resilient enough to 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 do that or to yeah. compromise or to have like a discussion talk, hopefully i always like to talk to actors of what mm-hmm. do you want to what you're thinking about yeah it's the sexiness of the, sometimes the script like yes i really like that or yeah. something i've never done before playing the, the villains sometimes the challenge or something like that. <laughs> but also like where are you coming from with this uh-huh. and the second thing i like to talk about is what you're really good at mm-hmm. what you're really skillful and i always try to incorporate into a movie your best talents yeah and, I, and my listeners always know this if you're a really good dancer I want to find some way we can put it in the movie, whether mm-hmm. it's not in the script. It has nothing to do with the movie, but have some way you can incorporate your wonderful talents. In Showcase them. Yeah. There's a great scene in the movie Body Heat uh, Body with Heat. William Hurt and Kathleen Turner. Yeah. It's Lawrence Kasdan doing a neo-noir from the late 80s. And the side character is Ted Danson being the lawyer. There's a great scene of him waiting for William Hurt to arrive at the loading dock. 
and he's dancing mm-hmm. with the light coming mm-hmm. out. It has nothing to do with do the with room, it. Yeah. but it's an opportunity to hold the Visually. scene and he show off your skills. Mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of like to say is, is there a way we can operate? If you're really good at something, there's yeah. a way to show off your talents. You know? What do you think happens sometimes? You know, I've been on a lot of sets too where you might not have any sort of um, interaction with the director at all. They might just tell you, here's your mark. There may not be a rehearsal. You don't necessarily haven't chatted with them about what their vision is, depending on what the medium is. Um, Maybe you have a little bit more liberty. That's so that's, that's so confusing because you're, I mean, you're, you're, again, you're just being delegated a task uh, and you're executing that task. Sometimes Hitchcock would do that. Not really talk to people. And, and it's sort of like, you as an actor, that's all you want is that um, dialogue, that moment to explore. And and sometimes I know, especially with how prevalent um, in the Twin Cities uh, short films are with Z-Fest and 48-Hour Film Festival and 50-50, all this, time. you know, or something, or maybe that's yeah. the intention. This weekend we're going to write and film and edit and yeah, produce, hour, yeah. right, in one weekend. Or I've got this short film I want to do for Z-Fest or whatever the case is. But the focus then is really on getting this thing in the can, so to speak. You know, it's like we're just going to execute on this thing and we're going to get it done and uh, maybe we'll chat about it after. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sitting all, here going, all, hey, wait our, a minute. <laughs> it's our favorite phrase. Yeah. We'll fix it in post. We'll fix it, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> but, you know, in terms of, of um, right, making that, that three-dimensional, making yeah. that interesting for an audience, I think those conversations have to happen, don't they? Yes, I think so, because it's not always in the writing. Yeah. You have to know what do you want to do for this conversation. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I think a little bit because I'm a writer too. You're guilty thinking I just it's it's right there, you know. I put it out for you. Yeah. And you have to think of different avenues people come from. Well, it's subjective, right? Based yeah. on your life experience, who did you cast for this? You're going to get a completely different yeah. different read. And I absolutely love when people when I write something and I have a tent and they take it interpretively mm-hmm. and say, "Why well, would we do it this way?" And I go, "Holy!" Didn't I love the surprises? Mm-hmm. I think and sometimes directors are so rigid. And sometimes they are for their nature, you know, and that's where you, you know, or they you see, go, right. They're yeah. very specific, have a yeah. specific vision and they really yeah. want to see that. You know, when you manifested. go into a David Lynch film, he's got, you might as well just say yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or Wes Anderson. They have a specific view that they and want. And in those yeah. sort of relationships, you know, you know, yeah. you're not necessarily going to be invited to have um, this, this sort of conversation, this sort of yeah. dialogue about what it is. Like, um, I would think somebody with an actor's background they're now directing mm-hmm. I think you have that coming Maggie Gyllenhaal is doing wonderful movies well, as directors yeah. because she I think from an actor she mm-hmm. knows what you can present yeah. yeah well and wants to take a little bit of time to to invest there um, I think yeah. that reaps a lot of benefits just in terms of Absolutely, if yeah. this is a if this is a relationship um, let's take some time and and um, you know build that and, and discover this together and have a conversation Especially if you're going to be intimate with somebody, yeah. I just have that disdain oh. of okay, you guys are husband and wife. Yeah. Never, you've only met each other, you only known each other for two hours. Walked in now, the door. Act, act like you love each other forever, yeah. and it's yeah. just that is not a conversation. Um, I hate that. In yeah. those films. I like to have this person, and I always act when my latest movie I had that where there were a couple, mm-hmm. and I told them, why don't you have a conversation? I don't need to be involved, but kind of yeah. interact with yourself. What do you like to do? Great Walk point. To a, Park to something, something that's not a rigid schedule, mm-hmm. but just recognize, okay, what do you want to do and stuff like that. Yeah. I always, I always cast my females first than my males because mm-hmm. I just feel comfortable talking to the female. Like, yeah. what about this person? Do you feel, and if I can the opportunity have her in the auditions as well. Wow. Yeah. Right. How do I, what is the energy of this individual? Do I feel like I can relate to this person? Am I... You know, is that is that sort of what you're feeling too? It's like yeah, especially if it's a heartfelt emotional mm-hmm. thing where mm-hmm. you are in a relationship together. Yeah, you have to have some kind of thing. You know, you can't just arrive on set and then have a makeup session yeah. or something like that. You know what's so interesting that you say that too? Yeah. Um, in auditions with cold reads, for example, where you just come in, you're just coming in off the street, and you know yeah. you're bringing in the day, and you're nervous, and and then hey, you know, here read with Nick. You know, this is the first time that you've met. Here's the scene. Go, <laughs> and yeah. it's yeah. sort of like, oh gosh, we haven't even had a minute, and of course, you know, you've got to be prepared for that. Yeah, they want to see your spontaneous sure. reaction, right? Sure. 
but gosh, if you had the luxury of having a few minutes to connect yeah. um, and even talk about, hey, what is this scene even about? I just the color it's of it just um, changes so yeah dramatically. I would think, and that this is my recommendation. You can, um, I think everybody that's creative just play chess. Mm. Just have it. I always do a couple games a day. Yeah, and that gets your me- muscle memory of thinking f- at least four yeah. moves ahead. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's hard for everybody to think four moves ahead. Yeah. All the time simultaneously. Spielberg's a master at it. Oof. I mean, we Tom Hanks talked about saving Private Ryan. Yes, where I, I there was that a shot story. that we were going to handle, and it was not going to work. The equipment was malfunctioned. Mm-hmm. You had to think of a way that can handle it. And he goes, "How will we do from this person's point of view yeah. through their lens? Yeah, we just have the action, just make noises over there, and we do that." And he did that on the spot. Mm-hmm. And then he comes to me and goes, "I want you to remember, Tom Hanks, you need to cry in three days." Oh. And it's all that. I need okay. Thank you. I get that moment. I got to understand. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "This is where we're gonna have that scene," mm-hmm. and that's how he does it. He can think three moves ahead, not to mention solve problems on the spot. Well, you know, all that's yeah. working subconsciously in your mind too. So yeah. you've been introduced to it. You're not even necessarily conscious of it after that conversation. It's working. It's magic behind the yeah. scenes, so to speak. And also, I think you have to get if you want to be a filmmaker, watch yeah. everything. Yeah, absolutely everything. Yeah, you get to hold up. I'm guilty of his book because I'm a comic book artist. I, in the comic book world, I still don't read a lot more than I should. Mm-hmm. I get more and more saturated in yeah. film. But watch films. Watch bad films. Mm-hmm. And then realize, God, what the hell? <laughs> right. I think he, Alan Moore was a great writer. He said, read bad books too. Because then you books. have a rea- It's a wonderful inspiration. Go, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, I can write better than that. Yeah, yeah. But watch bad but- films. And not so much in the judgment. Is it intentional? Mm-hmm. Or what did they miss? Usually bad but something created as a bad film is it was clunky to where it need didn't need to be. They yeah. hold the scene a little too long or subplots that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. What like is that. that fine line of not being judgmental about something as well? Uh, you know, you're critiquing it. You've got an opinion about it, but yeah. does it need to be judged? Are you definitively sure that's what the intention was? How do you keep a little bit of distance there just to let that m- – marinate i let that sink in i you know i'm not not entirely sure how to articulate that but a lot of the times when you come to something you immediately are making a judgment about it that's right or wrong or boy that works or it doesn't yeah when you're watching something and you're digesting that after how do you let it just sit there for a little while and go hmm well, that's interesting critically looking at something i like i think because i think that's a special skill yeah, to what uh, honestly. worked. What yeah. worked is it's usually sometimes it's over too much with cliches. Yeah. We've seen it before. The formula is played out. Yeah. A little formulaic. But also a little more unmemorable or just mm-hmm. something just so gratuitous yeah. that you didn't need to be in there. Mm-hmm. I like shock value. My mm-hmm. God. We had a great <laughs> last year of horror movies that yeah. were just original and yeah. refreshing. Yeah. And I loved them. But there were also the horror movies that kind of recycled a little bit. Um I didn't give a good review for the black book because mm-hmm. I didn't feel the attention. There's mm-hmm. a lot of drawn out scenes of him. It didn't swell. I understand. Sure. I was looking at it, it as like they lifted too much adaption to the book mm-hmm. rather than treating it mm-hmm. as a film. Mm-hmm. And I understand you want to yeah, put all that... the thing that what came from your book. You want to put in the movie to appreciate the fans. Sure. But I understand it's a movie. Yep. And a lot of things that How you is put the in a book, different? like mm-hmm. inner dialogues and all that stuff, doesn't really translate very well yeah. in a movie. Yeah. And there was not a lot, a lot of tension. You know, right at 13th, you get right there. Right there. But then you get your soap opera. Uh-huh. It, if you get, if you remove Freddy, if you remove <laughs> Freddy Krueger out of the story, yeah. it's days of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it I does like get it. kind yeah. of silly that way. I think that's where I will critique something. Mm-hmm. If it's just you're too concentrated on you get so much absorbed yep. into I asked because I I just yeah. I recall many years where I you know I, I I was watching things and and just really quickly making a value judgment about it and and then when I stepped back and thought about it a little bit more or somebody else came to me with a different perspective um I saw it a, a little bit differently and then it sat with me a little bit differently yeah. it's hard and it's I appreciate to- that because then I then I see things differently as well I always, when I critique movies, I write it almost down immediately. 
judge what they did. No, you wanted to see. Ah, okay. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. Because we always like, God, I wish they did this yeah. or the casting choices. That's, yeah. And it's like, it's sometimes for film is everything, right? The music can be a little bit off, mm-hmm. but the right tone, mm-hmm. right? Or something, the great performances, but it's just the, the yeah. slicing of So it. many things need to come together, though. So it's many like, live from Wow. Right. Oh, my right. gosh. <laughs> yeah. There's some things that are, I, I can't retain, but they're great performances. Yeah. But just to stick with Or visually them. something, yeah. 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 Interesting. And it's kind of fun. I just went back to see License to Drive, which is a comedy. It's a mm-hmm. teenage comedy of Corey Feldman, Corey Haim. But the, at the tail end of the car scenes, it almost looks like a Michael Mann movie. Uh, I go, this is fantastic. Yeah. You went, you didn't unnecessarily did the, some of the best action. <laughs> it didn't even. And it's in this crappy movie that people <laughs> forgot about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what silly thing was I watching? Robert Downey Jr. or something in his heyday with Molly Ringwald. And, oh, you know, of course. Yeah. Um, what was the the something artist? The pickup pick artist. Oh yeah. my gosh. How what a silly little thing. And he's such a little crazy he's yeah, like he a little gerbil person just yeah. running around everywhere in this film. And I'm like and I thought it, I was just getting a kick out of this thing. It was it just the silliest. No, absolutely it not. It would be like and a one-hour. So much of it wasn't appropriate, and well, yeah, it was the, like so, not about yeah, also yeah, that, but, but also this. It's a it's a comedy movie that's just for kids, just for kicks, for the teens. and just for fun, yeah. right? Um, and and the storyline was real loose. Really, it thin. was just fun to watch him. Just yeah. the energy and just him being silly. And there were a couple moments where you knew, gosh, I think he actually hurt himself in that stunt, you know, <laughs> and he was yeah. trying to, you know, rub it off or run off from it. They just kept going. They just, you know, it was yeah. like, and the movie, it was like, it made it a little bit more real. I, there was just something. I don't, I'm, I'm not even sure. I must yeah, but have been. It's, but it's unforgettable. Yeah, it was, it was pretty right. funny. It's unforgettable. You'll never forget that you've seen this movie oh. called The Pickup Artist. Right. I just, uh, and I, I've been thinking a lot more. It's not more. memorable. It's not memorable. Right. But, <laughs> um, but it, it just, I, I was reminiscing a little bit about that, about that time, but watching films now, I'm trying to be a little bit more intentional too, about what's, what's happening since we're talking about, um, you know, what is memorable and, uh, what leaves that impression on you. And so, is it facial expression? Is it cinematography? Is it the music? Whatever. And does it all come together um, in these moments? But as an actor, too, I'm, I'm really trying to be intentional about watching what people are are doing. Do I really think they're present in this scene? And how are they relating to one another? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, a, that's another skill to develop as well. I'm not just a bystander watching this. I'm intentionally invested in this. Well, that leads me to ask, can you watch yourself on movies? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's initially, hard, it? it's yeah. real. It's rough. You have it's to rough. almost divorce yourself. You absolutely do. You yeah. compartmentalize so many things. This is what's fascinating about acting as well because, you know, uh, you're supposed to bring your life experience, but there's so many techniques telling you, um, oh, this might be a trigger for you. Don't use that memory. That might that – might be beneficial it, it might not be beneficial yeah. for you there's so many different ways of approaching right. the work um yeah yeah there's two <laughs> so many variables that people think that you just show up and it, just, and it's so like, not pretend it's right? absolutely not true yeah. <laughs> but yeah watching yourself is is um that's it that can be a challenge and you you have to you have to come into it prepared to to watch and mm-hmm. to receive feedback uh, I think, again, there's another place where it's a relationship with the other people that you're working with. Uh, did yeah. you create this environment that you you trust one another and you can hear what they're what they're saying? Do you value the feedback that they're they're giving? Um, are they being proactive and gracious in the way that they're presenting the feedback? If it's something that they want you to to change or modify or or try, is it playful? Do you have an opportunity to yes. be curious? Those are all ways I think you can yeah. bring more of yourself to the role. Um, when you're feeling sort of beaten down by the feedback that you're giving or if you're doing that to yourself, if the conversation with yourself is really self-deprecating, oh, why did I make that choice or why did I look there? Oh, I do it all the at, time. You know, look at that. Look at that chin. You know, I do it all oh, the gosh. time. <laughs> Whatever. That's usually once a week. How is that helpful? Once a week, I always yeah. go, God, I can't draw. Yeah. You know, or some or sometimes I go, wow, did I do that? Mm-hmm. 
in this part of the creative process. It's almost like you why do like we do that? You, oh, we divorce ourselves. Do like, it, like, I, I did I do that? And then like, why can't I do it today? Mm-hmm. We always always kind of divorce ourselves. Mm-hmm. I have to say that word again. Mm-hmm. That we are what we're making. But I understand that once it's made, it's on its own universe. And, yeah, and you've got to give it away. Yeah. That people have a different reaction to yep. it. And even, right, whatever your intention was may not be the way that it was received either. And so you have to be okay with all of that. Yeah. That's what's so unique about telling stories anyway. Um, people will interpret them in, in a lot of different, just like art, you know, go yeah. and look at this painting in a museum and people see it in different ways. Or to your earlier point, they absolutely hate it or they absolutely love it. And that's sometimes the intent. Same thing, right? Yeah, that's sometimes the intent. I <laughs> yeah. really want to gross you out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe I lit it a little bit differently or I used different t- color I, to, you know, it's, it's sort of um, being curious about human nature as well and sort of yeah. what, what pushes people's buttons, what makes them more interested or curious about things. I have a, like I have a, a little bit of a psychology degree need too with it. Yeah. I have a friend, uh, I won't name her name. Yeah. Um, she's a comic book artist. Yeah. She's a promoter. And she intentionally wears a mask when she's driving a car alone just to get a reaction out of people. Oh, that's hilarious. She still does it. And she, goes, and she goes, I, I, I do it sometimes because people are like, what? You're crazy. Well, I got a reaction out of you. Mm. See, now mm. you're not going to forget me. Uh-huh. And sometimes we forget that sometimes we're, we're so in tune for a reaction mm-hmm. that sometimes it's intentional. Huh. Right? We're so ready for social media, especially mm. on the new Twitter platform, yeah. that people put a negative connotation knowing that if you respond to it, it gets more noticeable. Yeah. And so people's like, I hate the strike. And then you go back to them like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, mm-hmm. thanks for responding. Now I get all the views. Yep. And that's sometimes you have to balance out that the reaction is sometimes intentional just to get you fired up. Yeah, that was yeah. it was reminding me of a show that I um, have been watching recently and uh, it was a crime drama. I'm, I'm really big into um masterpiece theater and masterpiece mystery and British historical drama. I just, there's something really unique yeah, about the, the way that they go. Of the murder mystery, oh right? my gosh. But I mean, even their crime, true crime shows and these things, I don't know what it is about the people. They just feel so real to me. They just, yeah, they, bring it, it. It, they, they bring it. I don't know if it's technique, who they, ca- I mean, it's all of those things. What am I saying? It's all of those things. They just, Gosh, they've got a they've got that bottled up tight. They know <laughs> they know how to do it. Yeah. Um, but one of the not to get off on a tangent, one of the actors, one of the characters in the show, uh, she was a blogger, uh, and she looked um, in the newspaper every day for um, news stories that she knew if she sort of presented in a particular way yeah. in the story would get uh, a reaction from people. And in, in this particular storyline, it, it led to the death, unfortunately, of of uh, one of the characters in the show because oh. uh, it was painted in such a bad light. The individual, you know, received so much negative feedback. Yes. They ended up, you know, being really depressed about what was happening. People were coming from them and for them and they ended up it was a suicide attempt with the individual. And when they went back to this character and said, why did you do it? Well, you know, I've been out of work and I just wanted people to read my stuff so that I might have a leg up in getting this journalism job that I wanted or whatever. (laughs) It's so manipulative and so um, self-serving. For me, yet, yeah, your interest is compelling. Getting compelling. Yeah. Yeah. I always say when we do writer's workshops, yeah, my number one rule is don't write safe. Write mm. characters that kind of maybe repulse you. Yeah. Not so much. We want is it to, scary, though, that yeah. it can have an impact on people? Like, yeah. I mean, in real a, life? A strong impact. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also understand if you know that's a fiction. Is that a story that's fictional? It, it's completely fictional. Right. But also, of course. Yeah, but I'm, I'm looking at it going, gotta be, oh, this somebody, happens. This yeah. has to happen. Yeah. So you if know? you write that and you're like, well, this character is going to be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of hard for writing. Uh, you write this character you really like, and you're like, mm, you're going to have to make choices that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for a writer. We, like, a writer, we like our characters huh. we make. 
make something that is mm-hmm. kind of you almost repulsed that they yeah. did. Well, and they say in acting as well, for, for your example yeah. there, um, you're making a judgment about this person. Oh, they made a really bad choice and it resulted in this. Well, how are you going to play that character? Are you going to play that character that you you hate that character? And then, and then when you're playing that person, you're just mm-hmm. playing sort of one note I always and expecting that sort of I always response. Balance. That person has a reason why they're doing what they're doing. I always figure have out what a that is. To the conversation when I'm on film set, that each character, usually in a fictional story or movie, is obsessed. Mm-hmm. We're all equally obsessed. Not being a sepsis, absolutely boring. Mm-hmm. Those people are boring. <laughs> we don't want to. Elmer Leonard is right. We yeah. don't want to read the book about the happy little elves who pay their taxes yeah. on time and go to work at, yeah. every day. So. I mean, I love Batman. That's obsessive and compulsive, mm-hmm. right? And even his villains. Yeah. And even car- every your favorite movie, think about it. There's something about obsession. Heightened somehow, yeah. Yeah. Usually it's the antagonist. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the protagonist has a one thing that they're going after, mm-hmm. right? It's um, Kurt Vandegert's man in the hole comes out of the hole and he's better than himself. <laughs> yeah. We love those stories. Yeah. We'll go home tonight and watch them. Yeah. Man gets the in trouble, redemption. comes out yeah. of the trouble yeah. and becomes a better person. Yeah. But also, you can challenge that. Maybe they don't come out of the hole. Maybe you don't they like don't. those, right? Yeah, and it's not tied up at the end. And then how do you do? You know, you go home being sort of like, wah, wah. Yeah. Boy, and that's that what didn't no work noirs out. are for me. <laughs> yeah. and I love film noirs. Is person in trouble? Yeah, they're never going to. Do you prepare yourself going in knowing it's not going to be what I want at the end? Yeah. <laughs> do you ever do that? Yes. You know, or you just yeah. you know try it's to be present be for what? It's yeah. not going to. It's not going to be tied up quite the way that I want it to. I, that's okay. Yeah, for somebody, I love the not happy ending. To it. Oh God, that hurts me. That yeah. hurts me even thinking about it. Because it, especially film like noirs, you yeah. are absolutely. I like my my definition of noir is looking good, being condemned, mm-hmm. and every one of them, no matter what they can do, whether mm-hmm. it's their own fault yeah. or just something that's situation. circumstance. Yeah, yeah, or somebody that just dem just for seeing that girl. In that hair, yeah. and you know they're doomed. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're doomed from the beginning to end. Yeah. But there's something original about that, about humanistic. Yeah. That's very human, from the reality terms, that some things you're not going to get out of right. that you're stuck with. Right. Um, it's that condemnation thing. Yeah. Yeah. We also like to have. They don't that. see it coming either. No, you know. We like to fill You're the like, blanks. Oh, we bit. love yeah. to fill those blanks. Yeah, Inception's sure. always. A, yeah. Inception was a great <laughs> yeah. ending. I mean, it depends on your personality. Do you think oh, he's condemned gosh. or it's a happy ending? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or uh, I just watched North Dallas Forty, the football movie with Nick Nolte. Mm-hmm. In that ending, is he a better person quitting football, mm. or is he not going to handle that? He's yeah. no longer participating. Yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah, something with an obsession. After, yeah. Yeah. So I like those interpretations. I always go nihilistic. Yeah. I don't know why. I just think it's just the sex appeal of it. Yeah. And for me, it always seems forced a happy ending. Mm-hmm. It seems like, oh, we went to this journey, everybody's miserable, but happy ending. But it's okay. But it's okay. Yeah. Romantic comedies do that. Yeah. And I, That's sort of that what I, you're expecting. I'm not saying I hate romantic. Mm-hmm. I get a kick out of them. Yeah. I do love them because people that are most repulsed at each other eventually, yeah. Somehow overcome. Right, Molly Ringwald? Right. Yeah. yeah, you're, repulsed, yeah. <laughs> you're repulsed by Robert Downey Jr. in the movie. But, and but, yet, oh, yeah. okay. You hate go off Judd and get Nelson married. and Breakfast Club, yeah. but guess what? Yeah. And then you realize, too, I mean, I just love this, too. They're all, like, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old, and it's just, like, <laughs> yes. this stars have aligned for them all at the same time. Just crazy. You know, it just doesn't happen the same way anymore. Um, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so uh, just to kind of wrap up a little bit, and I just, we should have started it, but I just kind of want to ask you, how did you get into this acting? This crazy gig? Yeah. Yeah, Was it something always with eventually was going to happen? Well, uh, you know, what's interesting. I've, I've thought about this too, because I often ask myself, you know, this is, this is a challenging, I mean, any artist will say this this is just challenging. You want to create something and give it away. And there's. Um, so many obstacles. Sometimes it feels yeah. like hurdles and obstacles. Sometimes it's all the perspective. Yeah. It's all the way that you look at it, right? Usually I mean, some self, are, yeah, self-manufactured some, hurdles correct, too. Yeah. Correct. Some are some are reason. Some are real, you know, and some are are not. But um, how do you how do you navigate that? 
um, you know, just uh, what's your resiliency? But to your question, uh, when I was younger, as an only child, um, it was necessary to entertain myself and everyone around me. Almost like it's was made for you. Yeah, kind of. You had to. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I mentioned my grandmother earlier, but both of my grandparents on my mother's side, uh, they were evangelists. And so they, they were always doing the um, holiday pageants and everything was, yeah. you know, real big. And they had a, a traveling corral and they, they created albums and would travel around the, the U.S., um, doing the, the shows and, and singing and, um, my mother was involved, but I I sort of observed all of that. I was too, too young, but I was observing it sort of coming up in that environment. Right, right. right. Good point. Um, and my, my grandfather, he was on the tech side. So he did all the sound and lighting and my grandmother directed and she would act and things sometimes. All of it, all, yeah, all just observing this all the time and how this was all created and how everyone came together to tell this story and, um, watch, watch the, dynamics and the relationships of all of these individuals um but yeah i i i ask myself sometimes why am i doing this i've always done it is it my purpose i don't know if i would label it a purpose i don't you know that's the artist sort of burden they bear is oftentimes trying to figure this out you saw that little kernel yeah 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 and uh so i think the first show that i did was either Fourth or fifth grade, Wizard of Oz. You had brought that up, the school play. Yeah, you played the scarecrow, uh, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, yeah, monkeys. <laughs> I mean, you were you were everything, right? <laughs> um, and then I was real. You know, you you find your you find your your group. Um, and we moved around a lot when I was a kid. So that was sort of an anchor for me. Um, because a lot of the times in, in school, there was something happening, um, either behind the scenes or, or helping out as an actor in a show. Um, but you the schools that I went to were performing arts schools as well. So high school, um, I think, gosh, ninth grade on, um, we were, had a video production class. We had sound engineering. We had, um, you know, we were required so you get to get hands-on learning. Hands-on learning. Oh. They were magnet programs were really big yeah. when I was in school. Uh, so we were coming into that specific school for a specific. You know, this school had STEM programs or what we used to call Summa Tech. You know, all the, yeah. the science, yep. uh, math courses, and this was a visual performing arts magnet or whatever the case was and so you had to audition to to be in the program sure but then you were with other writers and uh, photographers and other artists and things too uh so yeah it, i was around it all the time and i lived in california for uh a time in in high school and then was here as well so i got to sort of have a little bit of of taste of what those different environments were like yeah. and how people were a little bit different and um from you know uh, from the perspective of, you know, California is a lot bigger than, than Minnesota uh, back then, obviously. Um, and the types of people that I, that I met and were introduced to and the types of work that they were doing. So that I went back after, um, undergrad here at the U, I went back to California for grad school and continued on in, in acting. And I, I was going to stay in LA um, but it was at a time when it was really challenging to find um, apartments, affordable apartments. I mean, of course, that's always been the case, but there were actually like no apartments even available. Um, and so I, you'd, you'd go to a, a showing for an apartment. There'd be 150 people oh waiting in line and they were taking application fees from everybody. Right, yeah. I mean, it was a little bit of a sham, so, you know. So, it's and, like an audition. Yeah. And I, I always, and yeah. still to this day, I'm sort of like, how do you make a living at this? And so I was always just hyper aware of, no, I have to be practical. I have to be responsible. I have to get a full-time job. Uh, and so I came back to Minnesota and with the intention of sort of keeping my schedule flexible enough to to be doing theater and film and TV. Yeah. Um, and, and that worked out for a little while. But then um, the employer that I had at the time, they were like, oh, you know, we really want you here full time. And and so I agreed to do that. And then it just took on a life of its own. So yeah. sort of away from it for a long time and then coming back 
now having left that environment. But it never left me and I never felt 100% myself when I wasn't doing, doing it. Yeah. So if I was traveling for work and couldn't do anything, you know, for two or three years and I'd one day I'd be going, wow, I, I just really don't feel like myself and I something's wrong and I can't figure out what it is. Um, oh, okay, yeah, there's nothing creative happening for me at all. I mean, for you, yeah. you've got so many different things, writing and directing and comic books and all these and sort the of show. things. And, you know, and I've, I've, I've tried a lot of things, but nothing is really stuck. No, nothing feels like I want to invest that much time in yeah, it. Yeah, even, even do your own writing, huh? And, well, yeah, and for better or worse, uh, again, I think it's a discipline thing. I think it's just... Sitting oh, yeah. down and following through with things. Um, yeah, I but, had that conversation with my niece. She goes, yeah. I, want, I, I want to be a writer, but yeah. somebody else has to do the work. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't kind of just doesn't work like that, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Somebody else um, can type it up, but I know yeah. the ideas. But yeah, so, right. I want to yeah. come and I just want to talk about it and I want us to, you know, d develop this, but I don't want to have to do the work of it. I yeah. remember taking, you know, gosh taking different languages in school or picking up instruments, playing the drums, playing the, the violin, the piano, you know, I'd be invested in it yeah. a few months and then I'd be like, meh, kind on to the learn, next thing. It's almost like you learned the magic trick and you're kind of done with it. Yeah. Um, juggling, you know, yeah. whatever it is, it's sort of like, okay, on to the next thing. It's almost like, yeah, it's, it's like almost like you're almost an actor in your DNA. Yeah. You figure out the magic trick of it all after investigating the mystery. I sort of wish, however, what differentiates you is do you play an instrument? Do you sing? Do you juggle? Do you, you know, horseback ride? Whatever it is, all of those things are valuable to make you more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not employable. But enticing. In enticing, interesting. Yeah. Uh, nowadays, do you have... 50,000 followers on Instagram or only 600. Yeah, the social who am media I gonna, barometer. Who am right? I going to cast, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so I sort of wish ambition, discipline, focus, oh, critical, absolutely critical to have yeah. all, you know. All of it, right? All of it. But yeah, it long way around, it's always been there. I've always been around it. It's always been a part of me. Um, I need to stop questioning why I do it. Um, now that you're trying to make a living at it and, and yeah. a paycheck, oh, it's yeah, a lot absolutely. harder because now you're, <laughs> you're going, job, Oh, man. okay, boy, I've auditioned for 10 things and I haven't been booked. That's, you know, that's rough. And then that inner dialogue starts. Absolutely. Yeah, Cause you're working a corporate job. You, you interview once, maybe twice you land that job. You're not in, you're not interviewing again, right? You've got the job exactly. with the, with this type of work, you're interviewing all the time. And if you're not putting yourself out there, meeting people, having those conversations, researching directors, you'd like to work with researching what type mm -hmm. of work is being done at what studio. Um, well, there's, it's the same evidence when I, when I do Comic cons. Yeah. I mean, people come up to you and go, Well, I'm a writer too. Mm. I go, Well, send me your work. Yeah. Well, I haven't done it yet. Mm. Then you're not a writer. I need to see content. Mm. You need to put it out there and not just one story. Theory to practice. Yeah. yeah. And I always tell them it's my baseball story. Yeah. It's not, you can't just rely on one good story. I want to see many. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't judge a one baseball player about one at bat because yeah. they do over 3,000 of them in one season. Mm -hmm. And that's accumulated. You have to do a variety. Don't expect one to be the home run. Yeah. You have to do a variety of them. Yeah. Keep the discipline going. If you want to be a writer and understand, you, you're you going to have to learn um, the skill of writing, the balancing out when's a good time to end a scene, yeah. when's it starts. That's conversations you need to have when you're writing. It's yeah. not just going to pull out of you. And you do self-editing. Everybody does self-editing. When you do self-tapes, when's a good time to stop? And um, yeah, not you know. four hours after the same 30 second spot you've been reading, yeah. sort of like give it your best. <laughs> but after four hours, you know, you need to you need to figure out. I usually marry on a story before I write it. Yeah. And I think about is that the ending mm -hmm. where I wanted to go with mm -hmm. it? And I usually don't have an ending in mind when I start. Yeah. But usually by the couple pages and I know exactly what I want to do. Uh. I think you have to know your ending before you get into the second act yeah. what you want to do with it. Yeah. Because I've seen too many movies are like, yeah, they, they wrote to get to the ending. They yeah. knew, they knew the ending, but not how to get there or vice versa. Yeah. 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 
um and i'm always this is not this is just my opinion this is not endings are crucial mm-hmm. they're absolutely the make or break or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um vertical has the one of the most gut-wrenching endings of all time and then it's like example. all right that's the movie you're like that's it what? yeah what are you kidding yeah. me yeah yeah um so it's important to know where you're going for it i know mm-hmm. I, people it's, it's fun where i'm gonna get to my ending mm-hmm. yeah or somehow the character is talking to you that's refreshing yeah or somehow you feel like i am the act i am this role uh-huh i got it yeah this is me yeah and that's a wonderful feeling makes me think of Tennessee Williams, for example, some of the the film versions of plays that um, he wrote that I Very found. Very unlikable people. Yeah. All yeah. the time. And yeah. what is going on, right? Them. Yeah. 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 Wild. And and so, so, oh, some of those characters are just so bad. They're yeah. so. But it's enticing. Just, saturated. <laughs> he writes very oh. much. His characters are completely saturated yeah. with some kind of Something. Yeah. And 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 it's so present. Everybody's bouncing off of it, and they don't know what to do with it. And they're interacting in all these sort of, um. Well, yeah, the whole point really destructive ways. Obviously, that's what it is. But the whole point of the cat, a hot ting roof, is brick played by Paul Moomin, is gay. Yeah, and they don't say it. Yeah, but he's coming to terms with it. And he's being destructive, almost wrecking him yeah. personal self. Yep. And his wife, Elizabeth Taylor, knows it, but they don't say it. Mm-hmm. But I, as a person watching it, like, I know it. Yeah. And it's wonderful craft how you craft that around. It makes me, it, it, to your example, too, it makes me think of um, Suddenly Last Summer. Yes. And and the how different play versions of it that I've seen in, in the film. And again, Elizabeth yeah. Taylor and... Um, uh, Catherine Hepburn. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it, have it's to go back to see incredible. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Tennessee would loved. I think he didn't know the ending. It's one of those stories that she, he wrote. To it's get sort there. of where you were, t- yeah. what you were talking about. It, it, yeah. That's where I went immediately. Um, thinking about that, did he have an ending? I don't. Yeah. Right. Especially for Glass Mandarin, uh, maybe uh, be the one where he knew where he wanted knew. to go with it. Yeah. But I think for like Streetcar Named, he just yeah. kept going to figure out where he wanted to yeah. get the ending yeah. or just be destructive. So, yes, acting. You have to, it's a discipline you have to understand. You're going to get a thousand, it's like being a baseball player. You're going to get a thousand strikeouts to mm-hmm. one home run. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be called a great performance. Yeah. <laughs> and acting, it's 80 no's to one yes. Oh, it. Yeah. Or more. Oh, I don't more. know. I've been, you know, uh, so much, uh, obviously post-COVID too, so much is available online by way of online acting coaching and yeah. uh, YouTube videos about, you know, everything from your tech setup to how you should be approaching these characters. And I'm like, all all of a sudden, everybody's an expert on on acting and, and everything else involved. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I think it takes a lot more effort. I've, I've, I've seen some things that made me sort of, question um what people's intention on, on producing these things are but um yeah if you really want to do it it's the passion it's a of, it's, it's the drive. hard work it's yeah, it's hard work and it is it is the passion behind um and and you have to be prepared i hate bringing up rejection because everybody you know that just seems to go hand in hand for for all yeah. artists you know this this notion of yeah, I don't, of rejection but it is it is. It's something you have to be able to manage and navigate, and try not to take it personally. Even though sometimes it is, yeah. um, I think it is. But if you love it and you want you want to do it, you've got to you've got to follow through, yeah. and you have to do the work. Absolutely, you, know, you have to do. You don't that. go. Oh, look at this shiny I think that's great central thing. thing. You have to yeah, you have to do the work. It's yeah. if it's something you really want, um, certainly you can you can go through and put as little effort into something sometimes yeah. people do that and they're wildly successful i i don't know um but yeah for me personally i mean and i left in a corporate career of 20 plus years to get back to something that i wanted to do all along so then you have to reconcile boy you took a big hiatus from this and you're sort of coming in late to the party it feels like 
um, I'm learning a lot of things that I would have thought by now I would know. Yeah, especially in your organically you appreciate learning new things. Yeah, a skill or yep. some kind of different personality. Yep. Yeah. And to your earlier point, you have to be doing the work too. So much of it is finding the work and preparing for the work, but then being ready for the work once you're on set. Totally, totally different things. You're doing all a million things just to have that moment. And then are you present and able to work mm -hmm. when you finally <laughs> get land the role, you know, yeah. uh, or you're producing the film? Whatever the case is, you know, I've I've been behind the camera quite a bit now too, just picking up these gigs wherever I can as a production assistant or um, script supervisor, doing whatever you know. However, you can help out in the film yeah. to build that repertoire and that language makes you a better performer, of course, I think as well. So too. I think so too. But there's a lot of opportunity to be involved, even if it isn't in front of the camera, and Absolutely. it's all beneficial. Absolutely. I say, especially if you're not getting roles in acting, just say, what can I do on the film? Mm -hmm. I just want to, yeah, sometimes just being on the job is a wonderful tool. Too. Yep. Ryan, I want to say thanks hey. for coming, man. Hey, I appreciate it. It was, it was great. Sometime. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Right. Um, really appreciate the opportunity to, to talk to you. And this was a lot of fun. Share with everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, as you know, it's not over till the guests say it's over. Over. There we go.